Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with Sean McCorkle, as well as Greg Romero Wilson. I, I I couldn't wait to tell you this shit, this story about this show, uh, and I don't want to fuck it up because it was crazy. It was like such a good story that I'm like, I know I'm going to mess this up. So I had a show at a nudist resort, right? Which I thought was called the Nudist Colony. They don't call it colonies anymore. They say that's dated, right? So I get there. It's kind of very seventies though, so I get it. So they tell everyone like, oh, you know, this place is a throwback from the sixties. It, I don't know if they meant the 1860s. Like, these are the <laughs> oldest people. I just see, yes. I got all the way to Temecula, like some like off thing. Some of the biggest people I've ever seen. It's like, oh. like Troy Nelson would be like in the best shape uh, there. Like he'd be like, oh. just huge. Some of these guys that look like they didn't even have like penises. Like, uh, cause like immediately you become an expert on cocks. Cause you're looking over, you're like, oh, that guy's got a nice shape. Like, cause this, see, it's, it's, <laughs> men to every girl right oh and then i'm looking over i'm like does that guy have a penis and the lady goes oh he has an innie a lot of people have innies i'm like i didn't know that was even a thing right so i i, I do the show i i'm walking to the stage i almost trip over like some lady's boobs right because like they're just <laughs> every, everywhere dude i like the, the people were so nice and it was such a fun show like they were so welcoming and they were dying laughing but literally like the pool you have to be naked you get kicked out of the pool for not being naked i'm like you get kicked yeah, out they want everybody to be comfortable yeah you get, you get kicked out for a decent exposure right <laughs> i'm like they have a lost and found here like why like no one's turned anything in for the past 100 years you know like it's just, <laughs> McCorkle, I'm telling this story, but I did a show at a nudist resort last yeah. year. And like the average age, I, I go, do you guys have a, an age limit here? Uh, you can't get in if you're not like, you know, 80 or over. And then there was like little kids running around. Like kids. What? Like, oh, that's gross. Because people live there. Like like three people yeah. live there. And like, the kids are just like totally cool. Like, hey, you know, you, you want to be kind of clean. I'm like, clean? I'm like, these people have seen naked people their whole, like, they want me the, the jokes to be clean? Uh, the people here aren't clean. Like, it was fucking, like, thank God the kids left. But they were like, so what do you think of, uh, of the place? I'm like, well, you could invest in a uh, gym, right? They're like, they're like, we don't body shame here. I'm like, oh, I thought you'd have thicker skin since that's all I see. Like, I had oh, boy. Oh, Dude, man. I, I got a standing ovation, bro. <laughs> standing. Oh, like, oh, which you probably you didn't want. You're like, no, no, stay down. Stay down. It's all right. Dude, I'm doing comedy, and all I can see is this guy's cock, like, staring right at me. <clears throat> like, front row, the guy's just like, you know, they say man spreading, just like, and it was like a younger guy. I mean, he was like 30s or 40s. I'm like, wow, how was the crowd? I'm like, we saw eye to eye. 
Like, <laughs> well, now I know where Brendan Schaub's going to try to book his next series of shows. Dude, it was. <laughs> but then I, I, I tried. That's to, one. We got one. I almost got kicked out for recording it because I'm like, I gotta show people this, this show. But like, they, they, they took my. Drive. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, no, they don't want any recording devices there. Yeah. And I was like, Matt, because I even audio. They had an audio recorder, but the guy was like, didn't press record. But then some lady was like, I want to give you a hand job while I'm on stage. So this like woman was like 65. So I'm like, uh, I'm good, thank you, I'm married, but I appreciate it. She keeps walking, there's no security. She takes my hand and starts massaging it. Like that's, that's like her joke, the hand job. Mm. Like, like, oh, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Wait, you're gonna be a cock tease now, lady? Dude, I was like, there was a couple, there was a couple of decent look. Actually, there were some good looking people, but I can't tell if it was just like the, the scale. Like if it was just compared to everybody else. I go to uh, the Garden of Eden. It was called the Garden of Eden. I'm like, I think some of people were actually at the Garden of Eden. Um, <laughs> They've been there since its grand opening. Dude, there were people walking around butt naked with a face mask. Like, uh, <laughs> that makes sense. It's a good thing you can't get it through your butthole. Dude, yeah. <laughs> unbelievable it was uh anyway how was your weekend greg mine was amazing i was in vegas for the return of the derby 12 30 we had two amazing shows one friday one saturday sold out in the showroom going bonkers man we, we were I, I mean i i'm still exhausted i'm That's still good. exhausted we went fucking nuts so it was uh, it was a good time carlos mencia was the ended up showing up and, and closing out the shows and, you know it, it's tragic that you know, the whole joke stealing thing is like, that's all anybody knows about him. I said this then and I'll say this now. I'm like, you know, look at his material. Look at how much material he generates. He didn't steal all of it. He was accused of stealing like, like the, 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 the Ari Shafir build the wall joke. And I guess maybe somebody else said he did. And maybe, but it's just such because the guy is a straight murderer on stage. Yeah. The Bill and, 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 kind of rough. It, yeah, it, it's just undeniable when the guy's on stage. And I'm like, I, it just sucks that you can't say anything positive about him without everybody going, yeah, but great, now he's going to be doing your jokes. And I certainly hope that that doesn't happen. I understand where that's said, but it just sucks that you can't say anything positive about this guy without people immediately saying that because he was, he was dynamite to watch on stage. Dude, I used to open for him a couple times. He would do literally four hours a night. Uh, yeah, he I'm could like, go forever. And these bits are like 20 minute bits. I'm like, you don't steal a 20 minute routine. Okay. Yeah. It's so, it's such silliness that they, that this is sadly, that's his rep though. That's all anybody says. People posted stuff online. Like, Oh my God, Betsy. And then all the comments is like, be careful. He's going to be doing your jokes next week. You know, like, and that's all anybody says about it. It's like, you guys need to see this guy. Cause he's, he's really something to watch. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I mean, the, the, there was one where, like, the Ari one, I was like, dude, how many comics have a similar version of that joke? Totally. But then there was the one with Bill Cosby where it was, like, beat by beat, where I was like, yikes. Well, uh, and then he went out there and did some interview was, and was basically admitted, like, yeah, if I like your joke, I'm going to steal it. And then I was like, don't fucking right. say you're that, right. man. Didn't need to, but it's one of those things where it was like, it's like John Jones taking steroids. It's like, he would have beaten everyone anyway. Like, like, yeah. like, like, like Carlos Mencia had three and a half hours of fucking amazing jokes. He didn't need yeah, that. He didn't he need this. ten minutes that he allegedly stole. Like, like, like it was. It's fucking crazy. You I know. know. And I. What did he steal from Bill Cosby? Uh, how to how to put a drink, a roofie, on a drink? No, no. He. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, 
there was like a story of like, it was like a bit where like men don't, but fathers don't get credit and mothers do. But, and I was like, oh, come on, this is a similar bit. But then when somebody put it on YouTube and you saw like, it was like- the Side by side? It was beat by beat. It was, yeah. it was like, whoa, that was a little bit like, and, uh, but it was, you're right, Greg. He, I mean, why, I don't know. I don't understand why he wouldn't make his show just three and a half hours and, and, and take out the, take out the four, you know? And yeah. I, think, I think there's a lot of other comedians that, uh, are super famous that got caught stealing and nothing happened to them. Like they didn't have everything fucking taken away. Yeah. And I think it's cause he was like the first. And of course there was the viral video of Joe Rogan threatening him on stage and shit. And I think that's, that's what made it such a stamp was the Joe Rogan thing. And I would be interested to ask Joe Rogan if he still feels no, he that said, strongly he, about it. No, he said if the one thing he shouldn't have done was that. And here's the other thing about that. It's like any <laughs> other scandal, everyone remembers the headline. Nobody remembers the retraction. You know, yeah, yeah. I think I think honestly, the one thing Joe shouldn't have done was get Brendan Schaub in the stand-up comedy. But if we have to go to a close second, <laughs> maybe we would go to uh, that was you know, two. We yeah, got two. No, you're right. Yeah, how awesome would it be to be Brendan Schaub and not have to worry about anyone stealing your routine? Like I guarantee you, <laughs> no one has stolen. You're not going to steal. What the fuck is a punchline? Like, like, no one's going to do that. So. That's like Dude, you uh, your Cadillac joke. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> for those watching, for those watching, okay, so Adam sends around a reminder on like Sunday or Monday, like, hey guys, don't forget podcasts. Here's the link, okay? And it always starts like a firestorm of commentaries and jokes, particularly from McCorkle, who's, oh, we haven't even started yet. And the Brendan Shaw thing, and he hit us with this joke. Do you even want to tell it here? You don't have to. We can leave it private. But God uh, damn it, that one was cracking. No, yeah, I made up. it up on the spot, honestly. I was trying to do some kind of comparison a joke and I was sitting there thinking like you guys sent that and I was like yeah I was some along the lines of you know what the difference is between Brendan Schaub and a brand new Cadillac and the punchline was uh gosh what was it um Brendan Schaub is a sociopathic hack who with no talent no ability <laughs> blah 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 and a Cadillac is a car like I don't know that was what it was and also I never had sex with a Cadillac's dad that was the uh that was, and that was the tag on it and here's the thing is like no one responded to it like he put out the setup and nobody responds to it for at least an hour. And then I'm like, I gotta know, I gotta know. And I'm like, and I just was like, here we go. And then, you know, with the, and I was dying, man. You're so classy. I stared at my phone, stared at my phone for an hour waiting for anyone to reply <laughs> anyway. anything so I could send the punchline. Like I was like, just waiting for any kind of response. <laughs> I don't know if anyone was going to take the bait. I was like, fine, I'll take the bait. What yeah, I, was like, I was watching my kid like in a pool. Like, I'm not going to take my eyes off. Of, like, like, I'm like, my kid doesn't drown. Like, I, like, yeah, I, no, that's a good idea. That's, you might want to stick with that. But that's a good policy there. Dude, like, hold on, hold on, Violet. Don't drown. Daddy needs to <laughs> read this Brendan Shop joke. <laughs> Dude, meanwhile, so... You know how like I was with my kid and we got that bunny at the at the park. I tell you the whole story, right? Yeah, yeah. So I'm with my kid. And I, I tell my wife we got a bunny. I know what to do. She's like, she gets a cage for it. Spends like 500 bucks. Then she gets like a huge walk-in cage. Like spends like 1500 on like yeah, bigger than people's apartments in New York City. Like I've seen it. Yeah. So then people come over and they're like, hey, uh, that's a great bunny, but you can't have one bunny. The bunny's gonna commit suicide. I, I go, I go. What do you mean? Like, yeah, if bunnies get lonely. 
They commit suicide. This is what someone tells me at my party. I'm like, what do they have? Like, write a note? Uh, uh, right. like, gonna, <laughs> like, how do they even do it? Do they just dig to death? Like, how do you? <laughs> so, then, so then I Google, will my bunny commit suicide? And people write, yes. They're like, yeah, my bunny was lonely. It didn't have any friends. It had a heart attack. It cried every night. So I'm like, all right, I got to get on the fucking bunny, right? And so then I, 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 I call the pound and they're like, Hey, I'm like, hey, I, I want Choco Bun, right? That's the name of the, the black bun. Like, oh, well, you have to get Energizer with it because it, they were turned in together, right? So then I go to get two bunnies, right? Oh, my God. So then everyone says, you got to fix your bunny, right? So I look in, how much is it to fix? Now it's an exotic pet because they don't sell them at pet stores. It's like $1,300 to get your fucking bunny fixed, right? I'm like, I'll teach you to wear a condom at that fucking point. Like, like, oh, <laughs> like you fucking kidding me? Right? So then, so, so then I got I go to the pound. They're not open because they've been furloughed. Gavin can tell me Gavin Newsom fucking, and I'm, I'm arguing. I'm like, I made an appointment here. I'm like, I want to see Choco Bun now. And this woman's yelling at me. Nobody's here. I got to drive back. I wrote a letter. I've got another letter. So then I, I come back. They, they tell me that, uh, so I got the two bunnies, right? But they said that, uh, so right away, I bring them in, and my bunny, who's been alone for a year, just fucking holds down this bunny, because one little girl just starts pounding her. Like, fucking, like, just, like, I mean, raping her. Like, just fucking. Oh, my God. So my daughter's like, leave him alone. That's my friend, you know, like, like screaming. And I'm telling my daughter, no, they're just hugging, you know? And I'm like, yeah, like, your mom and I used to do before we had you. You know, like, I'm just making, you know. <laughs> So then, <laughs> but now I'm worried that like when she goes to school, her teacher would like hug your friend and then she's just going to start pounding some fucking kid, you know, because she's, what, what are you doing, Greg? I blame the Curb Your Enthusiasm team song because this is your fucking life every fucking week. <laughs> so that, now there's, now there's fucking three bunnies in there. I'm worried about my kid pounding some kid because like, you know, humping some kid at school because we said that's how what they do when they're hugging. So now we have three bunnies in the backyard, and like literally, it's just. And big. you're about to have sixty. You're about to have sixty. Well, no, bunnies. because they're fixed. She's fixed, according to the pound. Uh, I got to fix <laughs> girls. Fixed. The guy's, the guy's not fixed. You can see his penis coming out. Like, like we held it up. He's got a fucking big ass shaft. Like a little. It's just a. Uh, yeah, that's like. So that was my weekend. So Bunny. it was bigger than half the people you saw at the retreat. <laughs> oh, way bigger than the fucking that. <laughs> Dude, then I did a show in San Diego, right? First they had me do commentary for wrestling, right? But my, my, my friend Dirty Ron, his name is Dirty Ron McDonald, right? So he, he's a wrestler slash comedian slash boxer. So he's like, hey, will you come and do commentary for my indie wrestling thing? I'll throw you some money before the show. I said, Sure. So they, I didn't realize they're having historical figures wrestle each other. So it's Dirty Ron versus Hitler, right? And I'm doing commentary for it. So I'm like... <laughs> Is this the same Dirty Ronald McDonald from New York? No, no, it's different Dirty Ron. Uh, okay, okay. So I'm like, how many, so I'm like, you know, he's, uh, he's going to do, wow, he did not see that coming. You know, making things, you know, jokes like that. Or he's doing the schwa stick and move. Or, man, it's, in, it's a nine count for him. You know, like that kind of thing. And then he's fighting Napoleon and then Gavin Newsom, right? And Gavin Newsom, when he's wrestling the guy, his, like, his, like move is to put the mask on him. And to strangle him with the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Gavin Newsom is a lucha libre. Oh my God! It's got to be the easiest costume. All you gotta do is put on a cheap suit and put a bunch of gel in your hair. So that was that was a lot of fun. But then I did a show 
in a wrestling ring, right? In the in the indie wrestling room, uh, and all these fighters came. All the San Diego used to be Alliance, so like Angela Hill came and Paulina Grandas, who's fucking hot actually, who has the OnlyFans account, and then uh, and then this guy Roman Bravo Young, who's a national champion. So Angela Hill is like she's awesome, and then that girl Victoria, that little little wrestler who took second in the Olympics, who came on the show, a little girl, and I'm just, but it's like all my friends. You ever have a show where it's just all your friends show up, and you're yeah. in a, and you're in a wrestling ring? Uh, nah, not that part, but go ahead. <laughs> so I had to get out of the ring because I felt like I was too distant. It was like ropes like blocking me, and then I just started like talking to uh, Angela Hill, and I'm like, Angela Hill is like the most racist woke girl, like or something. She's like, well, that's what it's like being black, and I'm like, well, I would never know what it's like to be inside of a black person's body. And she has a white husband, and I go, but he would. So then, like, <laughs> and then like Victoria Vortex is like four foot eight, like she's gonna be a pro. She's a took second in the. I'm like she could blow people standing up, and then I, there's like a normal couple there, right? Who look like they were disgusted by the the show. So I'm like, why are you guys so offended? What do you guys do for a living? They're like, we edit porn. Right. So then, of course. <laughs> That became like, so I'm like, what's the craziest thing you've ever seen in a porno? The guy's like, well, this, last week I took a picture where I put a Nerf football up a girl's asshole. Uh, and then I'm like, really? And then I'm like, uh, I'm like, Paulina, you, you have a new job. Like I'm fucking with Paulina. But then he starts showing a picture of a Nerf up a girl's asshole and passing it around on his phone. So like, it was one of those shows. Uh, but it was fun. <laughs> That would have been way worse. <laughs> you know, it's weird you're talking about doing stand-up comedy in a wrestling ring. Normally, it's the wrestlers that are looking for the crowd's approval. But, like, you know, like, if the wrestlers, like, uh, let's say the Ultimate Warrior goes to shake Hulk Hogan's hands and, like, squash their beef, and Hulk Hogan always turns and looks to the other fans, yeah. like, should I do this? And they're like, don't trust him, Hulk. But yeah. as a comedian, you were looking to the crowd for approval on your jokes. Like, I can just imagine you tell a joke and then look into the crowd to see oh, if you 1, should. 000, I did an hour and 20 minutes in front of, like, 30 people. But it was it was right fun. Right. And then I did a, had a private show, right, where the guy's, like, the woman's getting married. It back. sounds like that was a private show. That was cool. <laughs> the woman's getting married, and she's like, well, you roast my husband. And I'm like, okay, sure. You know, you know one of those shows. I go, write me some funny things about him. She writes, he doesn't like crumbs on the floor. I'm like, you got to get me fucking better than this. Right? Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, yeah. She's like, well, he's a, um, a stay-at-home dad ever since I started working. I'm like, okay, now we can go. Now you can work with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, like, the joke, I, he, he, like, met her. But he, he went up to her, put his, his uh, number and a piece of paper, on, uh, and, he, and, he, and he wrote dinner sometime, and then put it in her, like, back pocket. That's how he met her. And I was like, oh, it was love at first, me too. And then I go, and who would have thought, <laughs> I go, and who would have thought 10 years later you'd be paying for dinner? So it's just like <laughs> that, was, that was fun, and that was fun. So let's talk about some uh, MMA news. Uh, Jake, well, boxing news first. Jake Paul is fighting Tyron Woodley. Uh, that's been announced. Tyron says it's the biggest payday of his life. He says it's the easiest payday of his life. Um, he's gonna knock. He gets to knock a former Disney star out. Uh, Jake Paul says you're about to get knocked out in two rounds. Jake Paul is the favorite. Uh, he opened up as the favorite. What do we think of this? I would, I'll tell you what, I would put 10000 on Woodley, man, if I didn't think to have Jake nope. Paul win. Like, I don't trust it for a second. Like, I don't, I don't trust – I don't think Woodley would throw the fight, but I, I think there'll be some shenanigans and Woodley will lose somehow. That's what I think. 
Well, it's on Showtime now, not Triller. Right. Does that? Well, that does add a little bit more. <laughs> but I don't think Showtime gives a fuck any more than Triller does. They just want the eyeballs. You know, yeah. I don't, I, I question, I, I, again, yeah, after the way that we saw what's the name show up, overweight, ready to get knocked out, and then walk out smiling, I mean, the whole thing just feels fixed. And again, in part of me, on the one hand, I'm glad he's fighting a real fighter for once, a well-rounded yeah. fighter, even though it's still in boxing, where they can't use the real skill sets. I would say this, I, my real problem is, I just wish people would stop validating this kid by giving him fights. I would rather he just keep fighting bums that no, you know, that you're like, this isn't worth watching. Instead of, we're increasingly legitimizing him by making each fight a more legitimate fight, and that is kind of more my problem than anything else. Well, what's interesting is that Woodley's coming off four, a four-fight losing streak. So, I mean, you could say, and he hasn't won a round in those four fights. So he's lost, I would say, what four times three is twelve, but some of them were five-round fights. So he's lost what sixteen. 17 fight rounds in a row against elite fighters again against elite fighters okay but he's really training he's already in the gym he's in the boxing gym he's training with uh according to austin said he's in miami training with a you know cuban national champion who i mean well, i hope so uh and woodley woodley's a little different than Askren. he doesn't Askren doesn't give a fuck he wants to go play disc golf and and uh you know woodley's got a chip on his shoulder he always has He's better when he doesn't like the person. He hates this fucking guy. I mean, he wasn't great against Kobe. He hated Kobe, but that's, that was the best Kobe that's ever showed up. And he's been boxing, and he's got power. Uh, we're talking about a guy that knocked out Robbie Lawler with one punch. Ben Askren had no power. So it was like the, it was like the worst case scenario. Now, Woodley fights at 170. Jake Paul walks around at two, 210. Um, so this fight's probably going to be at 190. So it, Woodley's going to fight 20 pounds up. But Willie's a fucking big dude. I mean, I was gonna say that just gives him more power. You know, I, I don't think. I mean, cardio might become more of an issue, but I don't think this fight's gonna go very long anyway. If they if they go out swinging and they trade punches, Woodley wins the fight. And it's a three minute round. It's not a five minute round. So I think that also helps too. I don't know. I don't know what round. I don't. I don't. Is it I, boxing's is it, always a three minute a round? Boxing, three, right, 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 right. You're right, you're right, you're right. So, I mean, it's just, I, I mean, but again, I just hate the people. And again, even if Jake Paul wins this fight, he is still zero and zero against boxers. And he's never beaten a guy who's won a boxing round. Never. That's what I'm saying. And we're just pouring millions of dollars into his pockets for this. He's just a guy that won one round in boxing. Even, even if he wins against Woodley, he's never beaten a guy. That's what I'm saying. He'll still be zero and zero against boxers. But you're gonna, but, but you're gonna say like, okay, well, he's never beat a guy who won a fight. He never won a guy beat a guy who won a round. Who never won a minute of a round. None of his yeah. opponents have ever won thirty seconds of a fight. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's unbelievable, and yet we keep legitimizing it. People keep signing, and I get it for the fighters. I mean, of course, because the money for them is fantastic. That's why. Why do you think all these guys were ready to sign up and do it? You know, we had uh, what's his name, the Italian guy, Baroni. Uh, I mean, of course, yeah. One, they want to knock him out, but two, they all know it's a multi-million dollar payday. Yeah, I mean, I hope Tyron Woodley wins, and I hope he wins big. I, I do wonder about his chin a little bit. But he's getting hit. When he gets hurt, he's getting rocked by guys with four-ounce gloves. Uh, and, yeah. you know, 
I don't know. I, I, I now, uh, Sean, uh, while you were gone for a sec, the guy, Jake Paul Walker on a two ten. Woodley's like not even as tall as me. I mean, he's, I would say he's like five, nine, five, yeah. five, eight and a half. He's, I mean, he walks around at 180, 190, but he looks thick, maybe 200. Is the weight going to be different? Because he's, he's, he's also calling out smaller guys than him. Yeah. I mean, I sure wouldn't think so, man. But if, I'll tell you what, if uh, Jake Paul beats him, then he's legit, man. I'll tell you what, if he beats even a, even a shot, Woodley um, should be able, I mean, Woodley's been sparring for what, 15 years, you know, like 12, 15 years. Uh, and Woodley's got good hands. I mean, he's probably not pro boxing level, but like, I mean, good enough to strike with guys. And I mean, it's, it's a shame it's not Woodley eight years ago, you know, or whatever. Like, that would have yeah. been awesome. But um, yeah, if, uh, but I, I'm with you guys on the chin thing, it scares me a little bit too, man, because Woodley hasn't looked himself at all his last several fights. So if, uh, I mean, I hope he doesn't come in like Aspirin, like having not trained at all. I, I don't know. I, don't th- I think Woodley's too proud to come in like that, especially with them talking shit before the fight like they've been. I would sure think he would come in and change. Well, remember last week, Austin told us that he was already at the gym training, like a, like a badass. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Austin was I, I will say this. This is the first guy he's fighting that can really – he's going to feel it. He's going to feel this yeah. guy hit him for the first time. He has yet to fight anybody that could really put, a, really put some hurt on him. This is a guy that can hurt him, and I look forward to somebody – to see what he does – when he really gets hit by somebody who knows how to hit you. If he gets hit. I, I mean, the worst fear is that he comes out, throws a punch, and Woodley gets hurt. You're just like, oh, fuck. I mean, if he beats Tyron Woodley, I may have to just leave the country. Uh, <laughs> yeah. like, I, I, I am serious. No, if he beats Tyron Woodley, you have to challenge him next. It's yeah, got to be you versus Jake Paul. He'll beat me too, man. I mean, this dude, <laughs> like, I mean, it just would be so depressing, though. Tyron I just think like, at a certain point we have to ignore this guy until he gets into a real legit boxing match in a legit uh, 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 regulated fight association like WBC, you know, somebody, IBF, somebody that and fights a real boxer because us throwing him you know guys that aren't boxers that are he, he's very smart i oh and i have to give him credit for this again picking um guys that aren't good boxers but are fighters i mean it makes him look legit but he's still not fighting guys that have trained what he's uh, in boxing i mean this is yeah. silliness even he picks smaller guys that- he picks guys that are bad at boxing, but they have professional credit, so it makes him look like he's a real fighter. And until he fights a real boxer, this is just pure silly. He hasn't even fought a guy that does bare-knuckle boxing. Yeah, I mean, like guy one guy. I want to see him in one real boxing fight versus another boxer. Now, uh, all sorry. Right. So this week, this Sunday night, Mayweather made it Sunday because he says he wants it to be like the Super Bowl and it to be an event. So right. this Sunday, Mayweather, which I think is great because I, I don't really usually work on Sundays, so I'm happy about it. But this Sunday, Mayweather is fighting Logan Paul. Now, Victor Ortiz, who came to my birthday party randomly, who told me some crazy stories about how he knocked out De La Hoya twice in sparring, so he got banned from Big Bear, and he's got a fight coming up. Nicest guy, though. You talk about a guy that's like is a mensch, a, like a, a, just a really cool guy. He told me that Logan Paul – is way better than Jake Paul. He said Jake Paul sucks. Logan Paul is awesome, and that he's got a legitimate shot at beating Mayweather. This is what Victor Ortiz has told me. Um, 
I, these are words I can't even believe. <laughs> like, so this fight is going down. Are you, are you around today, Greg? So he's going to beat the greatest boxer of all time. The guy <laughs> that went 50-0 and 0 and no one could touch. He's this, this kid who, granted, is probably is an athletic dude who's training all the time and has nothing else to do, is going to beat. And granted, again, very late. He's been retired. I just, no, not in this universe. Now, okay, he's got 35 pounds on him, right? Uh, and 22 years on him, if, we go, if you want to say. The only way that I think he's going to win, and he's not going to win, but if, if I were him, if I was training Logan Paul, I would say, listen, you got to be really cheap. Fucking jump on him, headbutt him, take him down, do whatever you can to not get disqualified. Just be a fucking complete asshole. And then when he comes charging at you, try to land a fucking lucky punch. <laughs> like, that's because he's never going to win a boxing competition against this guy. But yeah. maybe he can win a street fight. Uh, Sean, was that – what do you think of my – Yeah, I mean, he's got a really lucky puncher's chance. But you got to consider, like uh... – I mean, Mayweather, man, if he's got Canelo Alvarez throwing punches at him, and even Alvarez couldn't connect cleanly. Conor McGregor couldn't connect that cleanly. If guys that fast can't hit you, a guy with very little boxing experience isn't going to be able to hit you. Like, that's going to be like slow motion coming toward Floyd with his reflexes. And, um, I mean, he's a lot bigger than him, so anything's possible, but I just don't think – I don't think he can throw anything fast enough to surprise Floyd to hit him with it. So – I, I'm reminded of a phrase, I believe it goes, biting off more than you can chew. <laughs> this, this kid, why did he follow his brothers around and play fight chumps? This is ridiculous. He, he's like, oh, yeah, you're going to do that? Well, I'm going to fight Mayweather. Like, you, you fucking, okay, you, you're going to be, your whole career is going to be one fucking fight. Like, and by the way, I love that I can't tell the difference between these two idiots. Jake Paul and Logan Paul. And if I ever can <laughs> tell the difference, I will know that fighting professionally in America has gone to shit. Well, on the undercard, Greg, is Ocho Cinco. Um, <laughs> yes. He's fighting a guy. Chad Ocho Cinco. Fighting a guy who's 0-3 in bare-knuckle boxing. I don't, but I don't know what his deal is in regular boxing. <laughs> At and least he's not a quitter. No <laughs> <laughs> bad. Um, but... He, I don't know anything about the guy. Uh, what do you think about Ocho Cinco's chances, uh, McCorkle? Uh, I haven't seen him fight. I assume he's pretty athletic, being you know as good as he was at football. But uh, it, it kind of makes me sad, man. A little bit. You got to wonder how much money or how broke he is that he's willing to do boxing. You know, at this stage, he's got to be forty something years old, right? It's uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's kind of like it's it's awesome because it's entertaining, but at the same time. I thought the celebrity boxing thing was one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life back in the day when that was going on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was also sad. Like, when I saw the refrigerator Perry fighting Manute Ball and the ref said, you guys aren't going to get paid if you don't start swinging. And they both just started swinging like girls, you know, like in a fight, like crazy. Like, it, uh, I don't know. Like, I love watching it. But when Willis is fighting uh, Vanilla Ice because they're broke, it's sad, man. The whole thing's kind of yeah, sad. Yeah, Horshack, watching Horshack fight was so yeah. sad. <laughs> I was just like... I, I was like, this is this is sad. No, stop this. Dude, I was doing a I was doing stand-up comedy at a celebrity uh well it was it was a celebrity golfing, Scott Bayo's celebrity golfing classic. Uh and they wanted <laughs> me to do comedy while people were were golfing, right? And Willis was there. Willis uh <laughs> so they told me to like yeah. 
tell me to fuck with people, right? But no one, everyone hated me because no one knew that I was there or why I was there. I had a microphone. So he's, he's like about to take a stroke and I'm like, so what was jail like? And then he's like, oh, oh my God. <laughs> what a dick. He couldn't just make a different strokes joke. I think, it, I, yeah, maybe. I think maybe he needs to try a different stroke. Like That's that, you couldn't do that. You had to ask him why what fucking jail was like in the middle of his backswing. What a fucking tool, man. God, that's hardcore, bro. He was, he was laughing. He was laughing. I think I might have got a couple different Was stuff. he? Was he laughing? Oh, so he well, he had, to, he had to explain. Well, it was like one of those things where you like bid money and you get paired up with a celebrity. So then he had to explain to the person that he was being bid with why he went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> and you I should have asked him if he thinks I'm that Dudley and Arnold got molested by the bike store owner. Like, did that really happen or not? Because you guys ever seen that episode? That was oh yeah, crazy. that was one of the very first very special episodes. Yeah, like in sitcom history, where it's like in this one, it's not a comedy. Like, right? You know, Ar- Arnold's gonna get. The, the Arnold's studio audience didn't know whether to laugh or not, so they're like, hey, Arnold, take off your pants. And the studio audience is like, <laughs> like laughing, like, wait. Yeah, they're like, ooh. Like, this is funny. Like, then they start you know. talking to the camera. Like, it was, like, so yeah. strange. You're like, like, hey, listen, if you get molested, make sure you call somebody. You're like, what the right. fuck? Like, who am I? Well, but it was one of the first times that television yeah. like that was used to talk about a subject like that that needed to be discussed. It really, I mean, the fact that we're talking about it now shows how culturally milestone that moment was. Yeah, I mean, no. as freaky as it was, it really did kind of start the conversation about kids getting molested by people that were supposed to be nice, people that they trusted, you know? It was oh. an important thing. It kind of really started that conversation. So then Todd Bridges, by the way, and I think I, I, think I exaggerated that story. I think I said something like, hey, I, I heard you beat up, I remember when you beat up Vanilla Ice. And then he said something. I go, I go, yeah, he didn't know you've been to jail. I think it was something like that. So I so <laughs> let anybody who's watching Okay, now you're now you're fixing it. Good idea. Yeah, let anybody yeah. watching this, I think that's exactly what happened. I gotta watch the tape. But he but yeah, Vanilla Ice, he had Tank Abbott in his corner, remember? He had Tank Abbott yeah. in his corner and he got the shipping out of him by by Willis. Um and I, I felt bad for him, Vanilla Ice, because like Vanilla Ice at the time, when I was in middle school, Vanilla Ice was the coolest fucking like we had like yeah. a guy rapping that was like dancing with like black people behind them. It was just like, and <laughs> chicks and everything. Well, like, this guy's awesome. And then all of a sudden it was like, he lied about where he was from and he like made up, it just went downhill. They're making a movie. Have I ever told you, have I ever told you my vanilla ice story from growing up in Dallas? No. Okay. So this, again, this is the nineties, uh, probably like 90, 91. And we're at lunch at my favorite restaurant in Dallas, Snuffers. And we're sitting around. My buddy Arnell, he has this really hot, slutty sister. And we're like, oh, who's she banging now? And he's like, you're not going to believe this, guys. <laughs> She's fucking a white rapper named Vanilla Ice. And we just died laughing. Wow. And I just went off for the rest of the lunch about Vanilla Ice and, you know, what kind of raps he did. And was, we were all just raking on this guy all afternoon. Six months later, <laughs> To the Extreme is the number one fucking album in the world. And I'm just saying, like, uh, I guess maybe I should start rapping or something. That's hilarious. <laughs> I remember there were two kids in my uh, – there was one kid in my school, in middle school, who was the worst kid, this kid Jason – he was the worst kid in my school. Like he ended up going to jail and just having a crazy life. But he had his bar mitzvah the same time as another kid. And it was the same day. And they were all competing to get, because it was like the same group of kids they wanted to go. So Jason told everyone that Vanilla Ice was going to rap at his bar mitzvah. 
So everyone went to fucking Jason's bar mitzvah. Oh my god! And of course, Vanilla Ice never showed up. <laughs> <laughs> but he won. He got everybody yeah, his bar mitzvah. Yeah, like he won. He's too late now. <laughs> no okay. refunds, guys. No refunds. Uh, all right. So this week in the UFC, uh, it's crazy that this the card they have. They have Sakai versus Rosenstreak. Two guys coming off losses. Like, a lot of these guys are coming off losses in the main part of the card. Uh, Rosenstreak, everyone was like, dude, this is the next big thing. And then his last fight, he looked fucking awful. And Sakai got beat by Overeem. But I, 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 think, that, I think probably what they're thinking is one of these guys is going to get knocked out. And that's what people want to see. Um, but, it's yeah. a, but the card itself is not um, – it's a strange card. But a lot of the times, those are the cards that are, like, the best cards, you know. Like, i never forget UFC 100. Everyone was saying how great it was going to be. And it was like Brock Lesnar versus Mark Hunt. And, and every single fight went to a decision. I think it was like people yeah. playing like the yellow canvas. Um, <laughs> Threw everybody off. Yeah, something. It was just, it was. But crazy. also didn't like one or two of the marquee fights that were getting scratched. I remember they were trying really hard to make the, the greatest card of all time. And it just, uh, it didn't quite come together the way it was originally planned. Dude, it was That's like, my memory of 100. That might be my memory of 200. It, it was, it yeah, was, that was 200. You're talking about. This, this, I think I'm thinking of 200, yeah. The, the car was so sold out that I remember there was a scalper outside that was like, $200, I'll get you in the building, uh, but not seats. Right, like, right, right. <laughs> He's like, I got a cousin who's working the loading dock. <laughs> After I get you in the building, you're on your own. Now, you have to go past security <laughs> like what like uh what are they gonna what you get in the building they're gonna say where's your tickets yeah where, where are you going like i'm in the building you can't throw me out i'm in the building dude dude some, sometimes people just i'll never forget wwe like remember like there was like a ref like a crooked ref remember back in the day it was somebody remember there was like two brothers that were dude, like can't, wait a minute how do you have a crooked ref in something that's already fixed remember there was like two, there was a like one event where did he like, actually declare the actual winner the winner no there, was like, no there was like two refs that were brothers and it was like the evil twin came out and then they yeah that was the wrong ref it was like the evil twin was the ref that was uh his name was earl something uh, earl i know what you're talking about was it earl hebner Hey, Earl Hefner, yeah, he has a twin brother, I guess. And they had his twin supposedly come in, and it was, yeah, it was funny. Well, I remember the crooked ref in the NBA, who in fact was under the mob and was shaving right. points for like a decade. Well, I remember that was a real ref. The WWE, they banned them for life and 30 years. And I never understood that. Like, like what, <laughs> if, he comes, if he comes back like from the dead he's a zombie he still has to wait 30 years to be in a ref again there was a guy there was a guy in jail recently who like something happened where he was pronounced dead and, he, and like he came back and he was like well that was my life sentence because he got, right right i died so i should be free now <laughs> yeah like, they were like no you're not, not allowed to get out uh by the way for those walking about mayhem mayhem uh is still adjusting to life outside uh, lockdown, um, and he'll come back when he's ready. But we talk almost every day, and he's uh, he's doing really really well. So that's great, man. That's good to hear. It, they make it they make it really hard uh, for people when they get out of jail because it's like, hey, you're out of jail. You have no job. You have no this. You have no that. Good luck. Uh, right. and you've just been inside for fucking two years, and you now it's like, hey, here's some sunlight, uh, and you also have a criminal record, so they can't hire you. So he, he's, uh, but you know, but Jason. I think he needs to fight one of the Paul brothers. He wants mm -hmm. to, 
And I, I that was that would be the fight. Oh, but he should fight them both at the same time. I told I told Jason. I'm like, look, everyone deserves an eighth chance. So I think that <laughs> <laughs> you mean 38th chance, 38th chance. <laughs> so uh, also this week, but Walt, that said with all love, I love the guy and I hope he holds on to it this time. He laughed his ass off. Uh, Walt Harris has taken on Tabura. Uh, also Walt Harris. Marcin, yeah. He needs a win. Walt Harris. He's a guy, man, that dude, I don't know how the fuck you come back from what he came back from. I look at my daughter every day. And, uh, and I think about Walt Harris sometimes, and I'm just like, man. He was the guy that they were talking that about. Like, they gave him that fight, like, right after that happened. And they're like, he's going to be fighting. And then he was in there just getting pummeled. And you could see on his face him like, sorry, I can't. Like, that yeah. was – I hated that fight. I hated him, them having him fight that soon. I, I, everything about that was – but didn't, then didn't he win the fight right after that one, though? No, he's lost two in a row. Oh, man, yeah. He, I, I don't know. I don't know about Walt. Well, I, th- I think he'll be all right. He fought Overeem, and he fought, and he fought I think, Volkov. He, he fought two studs. So uh, I think Tabura, I think he could beat Tabura. Um, okay. also, uh, also on this card is Makwan Amirkani, Mr. Finland. He's the guy that came on our podcast and got a blowjob during the interview. Um, yeah. So. Which was, that was literally the best part of his fighting career. <laughs> so, so far. So far. I look forward to improving me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Alir Latifi is fighting Tanner Bozer. Tanner Bozer is a guy that like was on a streak from Maine. He has that mullet. And then he fought uh, Arlovsky. Arlovsky became like a spoiler against Latifi, who's got crazy power. But he's a guy that's been up and down. I remember he took his first fight. I remember his first fight ever was against like, everyone's like, who the fuck is this guy? When he fought uh, the guy that almost beat John Jones, the guy from Sweden. What's his name, Sean? He fought uh, the guy, uh, the guy that almost beat John Jones, the tall uh, Struve? guy. Not Struve? Not Struve. No, no, no. no um, yeah, blonde yeah, hair. Gustafson. Paul Sweet guy. What is his name? Gustafson. Uh, Gustafson. Yeah. Yeah, Gustafson. Uh, also, your guy's fighting this week, Pujanowski. Oh, is he? Yeah, he's on a two-fight yeah, winning streak. Knocked out his last guy in one minute. Uh, he's fighting in KSW, and Masvidal. He started a bare knuckle MMA promotion. Uh, which I think is a good idea, actually. Uh, yeah. their, their main event is going to be Crazy Horse, who now goes by felony, is fighting Hick Diaz. Uh, what's it? You, you don't. <laughs> what is <laughs> happening? Jason Knight. <laughs> See, when you let Triller start having Jake Paul fights that become worth a million bucks. And, you know, it started with bare knuckle, and that started taking off. Now this garbage, and now everyone's like, okay, you know what, I'm going to say anything, and we're going to have a guy, and they're like, crazy horse, that's not, no, you're felony now. And uh, it's like, come on, oh my God. You know the thing I've noticed about bare knuckle fighting is everybody wears hand wraps, so it's not even bare knuckle fighting. It's really weird. Yeah, like everybody, aren't you supposed to like bare knuckle means like no gloves. Everybody's wrapping their hands like a boxer. So it's like, it's yeah, exactly. They're still wearing the hand wraps. They're just not wearing the gloves. It's like, right. well, then it's not bare knuckle. Yeah. I mean, your wrist, right. you're still supporting like bare knuckle should be bare knuckle. Like the old timey, you know, right. come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. that's bare that should knuckle. be the required stance. It really <laughs> is. Exactly. I think that uh, it's bare knuckle MMA, but Crazy Horse has like lost his last nine fights or ten fights, but he's looked pretty good in his last one. He 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 he, he almost beat a guy that was a he's a male porn star from England. 
who's also a pretty good fighter. The guy, I see his schlong all the time on my Twitter feed, uh, but he did pretty good well against him. Um, and now it's cra cra crazy horses fighting. You know what they say, though? If you lose nine fights in a row, the problem is your nickname. <laughs> That's right. the number one thing in training. No, he changed it to felony before. Uh, yeah, he, he hit me up one time. He's like, yo, could you get me into acting? I'm like, bro. But uh, he, um, <laughs> fuck, I'm like, your name is Felony. <laughs> Have you, are you Am friends I, with him on Facebook? No, are you? He posts, I am, he posts some great stuff. Like, he'll, he'll, he'll post a black someone and he'll be like, white people shake my head. Like, as if it's white people doing it just to make people mad. Like, it's the funniest thing ever. It'll be like, It'll be like a, a white person do something. He'll be like Asian, and you know, you're like, you know, like with a face, like shaking its head or whatever. Like it's the funniest thing. He just trolls people like racially nonstop, and they get real mad about it. I think it's the greatest thing ever. One of my favorite fights ever was in that King of the Cage, where you pick the guy up. Now you pick up a little kid and you spin around by their legs. You know, like yeah, yeah. right, right. Did that with a person, and then kept spinning them in the middle of the thing to the to the, the guy's head hit the side of the thing. I mean. He has some of the, he does crazy backflips. His athletic ability is off the chain. Uh, and his power, I mean, he allegedly knocked out, remember that fight he knocked out, they're saying, uh, Vandalay Silva, where he got choked out by Vandalay's coach, woke up, threw a punch, hit Vandalay, knocked him out. And, I mean, he's, he's out of his mind, but he's very entertaining. I mean, he just shows up naked to the weigh-ins, like literally just butt naked. In front of, <laughs> not even with a towel. Like there are so many pictures of him just naked on a scale and everyone's just like, what the fuck's going on right now? I the next time that happens, Adam's I mean, going to jump up. Adam's going to jump up and start doing stand-up comedy the next time he does that. <laughs> <laughs> I show him naked to the scale, too, but it's in the bathroom. There's no audience. No, he's, he has no shame. And he's fighting a guy, Jason Knight, who they call him Hick Diaz, because he's like the Diaz brother. But Nation, Jason Knight's really good. But Crazy Horse has power. I mean, he, he's lost most of his bare-knuckle boxing fights because he broke his hands because he throws as hard as he can, and then his hands break. Uh, I don't know how Jason Knight's not in the UFC, man. He is entertaining as hell to watch, man. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he I, – I never looked at his record, but every time he fought, I was watching, man. Like, is that dude – it's entertaining. And then Rachel Ostevich is fighting Paige Van Zandt in Bare Knuckles. Yeah, that's, that's the big attraction right there. Yeah, I mean, that's just going to be uh, – that's going to be a hot fight. They, they fought in the UFC – now they're fighting, but they're gonna fight in every promotion together. Any promotion that needs like, an audience, <laughs> they'll show up. It's just gonna have them two fucking fight each other. You know, man. You know what I can't figure out is whose money are all these companies losing? Because I can't imagine enough people are buying bare knuckle to pay what I hear they're getting paid. You know, well, like it, it, Triller. Triller. They're like paid out. Like I mean, you gotta figure they fought. They paid out like Doja Cat and Snoop Dogg and Pete Davidson's not doing this shit for free. All the fighters, Askren allegedly got half a million plus pay-per-view, Jake Paul. And they're like, we lost 100 million views because of people who streamed illegally. Well, well so how many people actually paid for it? If you lost that right. many, like, who's paying for this? I mean, yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not clearly, 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 well, clearly they get enough eyeballs for show, Showtime to want a piece of it. Well, Showtime just said later, and they, they just took them away. And now Trailers has, like, events that no one's going to watch, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't know what. I mean, who knows? So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, everyone's talking about PFL 4. Uh, well, I'm talking about it. Anthony Pettis is fighting <laughs> Alex Martinez. <laughs> Tyler Diamond. Bubba Jenkins is fighting again next week. 
Uh, yes. Against Anthony Dizzy. Dude, Bubba Jenkins has got to be the most frustrating athlete to coach because that's, he's that guy. All of a sudden, he's in a million-dollar tournament, and he's doing moves that no one even knew he even knew. Like, he's throwing, like, reverse fucking, you know, flying triangles and reverse heel hooks, and you're like, wait, where, where, the, <laughs> where was this before when you were actually in a MMA league? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, he's that athlete that, like, well, like, all of a sudden, the, like, the, because I see it with comics. Godfrey, I love Godfrey. But back in the day, Godfrey would just be, like, on stage, just fucking sitting on the mic, like, at Boston Comedy Club, like, still hilarious. But then, like, three girls would walk in, and it's Radio City fucking Music Hall. Like, he's... Totally, exactly. You're just light up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's... I feel like Bubba is that way with an athlete. You throw some money, like, in front of him, he's, like, a fucking different fighter. Especially now that he's, like, divorced. Oh, yeah. Him, oh, yeah. With, with pussy and money on the line, now he's, now he's really focused. Yeah. So they got Chris Wade is fighting uh, against... Armin Asimov, uh, OAM is fighting Marcin Hell. That's going to be a good fighter. Lance Palmer. That's good. And then it got announced that uh, Cindy Dandois is fighting Kayla Harrison. Uh, I love Cindy. That's going to be, I mean, she's really good on the ground, but Kayla Harrison is just a fucking monster. Like that girl, I mean, they're saying that she should be in the UFC at what, at 145 or 155 she fights at? Like who's going to, who's going to fight her at 155? They couldn't even get that many girls at 145. Yeah. I mean, who's going to fight her at 55? Um, that, that's, what's, that's what kind of sucks about some of these athletes, like, like Layla Ali, who was like the yeah. best female boxer for so long, but there weren't that many great girls. There was nobody to fight. Exactly. There was no money in it either. You know, she was probably making like 25,000 a fight. So I almost feel like cyborgs in that same thing where like cyborg as a female MMA fighter was so good for so long, but there was nobody. Like, well, I mean, we got a co-host here on this show, Don Fry, you know, who like, did all those fights for not nearly the purses that they fight for these oh, days. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came I mean, he was, get internet. you know, these guys are making their money based on his sacrifice, but does he get a taste? Fuck no. So uh, June 12th, that's the big one. UFC 263, uh, yep. Israel Adesanya versus Marvin Vittori. Israel's coming off his first loss in the UFC. That's going to yeah. be interesting. This is the rematch. The first one was really close. This dude, Marvin Vittori, is fucking nuts. He's but, a beast. He's I mean, a straight beast. He fights guys in hotel fucking check-ins. Like, he wanted to fight that dude. <laughs> Remember that? Like, he's just a fighter, this dude. Uh, yeah, but you know what? To his credit, traveling can be very frustrating. Off <laughs> <laughs> in there. And the flight was probably horrible. They were probably, they didn't have this, the room ready. You know, that's the worst when you have an early flight. Everything goes wrong, and then they don't have a room ready for you. You know what? You're ready to fight anybody. <laughs> Dude, nothing was worse than when I flew to England, and they told me I was doing a show, and the guy sent me like 30 emails in a row. And then one, I, I stopped reading them. You ever get so many emails, you stop reading them, Greg? Yeah. As much as you shouldn't do. <laughs> the one thing you should not do. Yeah, you should finish reading the email, but yes. It's like, oh, this again. I don't even want to look at this. So, at like, email 26 like in one of the sentences he wrote, like, don't tell them you're there for a comedy show. Right. That was like the thing that that should have been like the heading of the fucking. Right. Right. <laughs> right, right. Cause you're going through customs. So you might want to just uh, make sure I know that. Yeah. Well, I fly to England. Right. And I get there and like, what are you here for? I'm like, Oh, I'm here for a comedy show. And then they fucking blah, blah, blah. No, you don't have your work permit. Uh, well, 
And then all of a sudden I'm like, what? Oh man, I should have read those fucking emails, right? Then they walk me to uh, where I get cut, where you get detained. So it's me and like 30 au pairs that have been illegally in the country. And uh, <laughs> maybe a couple guys from Al Qaeda, right? Fucking, they, I'm there for like 19 hours. They walk me back to the flight with my passport, fucking big X. I fly home. Don't perform. Don't get paid. Oh, uh, that's the worst. Oh, my God. That is the worst possible trip. Now, you probably wanted to find somebody when you landed. Oh, 100%. Please. <laughs> I wanted to find myself for not reading the fucking stuff. For not reading. That's, that's the worst when it's one little detail that if you had just done that, everything would have worked out. But not having done that, everything fell apart. What's well, crazy, I'm like American and I've been to like Saudi Arabia, I've been to Jordan, I've been to Djibouti, Africa, I've been to all these places doing comedy, but England I couldn't get into. A place that, you know, like, when some of the some of the Canadian clubs used to say that, they used to be like, whatever you do, don't tell them you're here to do the comedy club, just tell them you're here to visit friends. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah most of them haven't worked out now, most of them haven't worked out, you can say which club and they got it worked out, but that used to be the way it was, you know, back in the 90s. Oh, crazy. You ever hear about Yoshi's story? You know, Yoshi, mm -hmm. Yoshi's an Asian comic that, like, he would just give you porn. He used to work for a porn company, Evil Angel. Oh, yes. No, I do remember this. Yes. The boxes of porn. He would hand you porn. Like, you met him within three seconds, you'd have a porno. Like, no matter who, you could be a fucking nun, and he would give you a porn, right? He was just, like, the most giving guy. He's opening for Russell Peters, and he carries a sword with him for some reason, and, and he's, like, the dirtiest comic ever. So he's going through customs, and they look in, they see, like, they see a sword, like you take it in. Porn. Then they see like evil angel, like like transgender porn. Yeah. Then they open yeah. up a joke book, and all his jokes are like the most at that time were like severed heads or like killing babies. So it's just a list of 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 a, of a set list. So it's like kill babies, abortion, severed heads. They like. <laughs> He wasn't even getting close to it. No, and that, and that was the other thing. That's right. It was Evil Angel, which is a little aggressive for my taste. Oh, I remember him giving me that stuff, and I'm like, I don't really, I don't want to see this. I'm cool, man. I don't, this isn't my, I'm, I'm more of a Girls Gone Wild guy. Dude, I can't even like, get into any of that. Uh, I, I just can't. Um, anyway, dude, I did I tell you when I, I, I worked for Girls Gone Wild for the one time. They tried me out as Yeah, I remember that. I, that was the one gig you've ever had that I was the most jealous of. Dude, I didn't even. They flew me to, <laughs> Again, this know, is the early 2000s. They flew me to Toledo, Ohio to test me out. And, uh, and the girls were just, they weren't even getting it. They were getting t-shirts to show their tits. Like, they were jumping on the tour bus to like make out with each other. And I didn't go in the back because it was like, they were shooting like porn back there. It was like, yeah. they were going on the bus. Going in the back, they were they were blowing the camera guys. They were yeah. I mean, it was in fucking insane. And, and that's why I was jealous because at the time, I mean, this is the early two thousands. We I was single. I had long hair. I was in good shape. I was like, I want in on this action, man. Of course, this is before all the lawsuits. I mean, yeah. this is when Girls Gone Wild was the biggest phenomenon in the world at this point. Dude, I felt so bad because there were two girls in the back, and the girl left her phone out, and. uh and the two girls in the back just going at it, you know, who knows what they were doing. I mean, I'm sure I knew what they were doing. But then... Well, which one was it? Because I can tell you what happened. So then I, <laughs> I, I never got the job. They were just testing me out. But they were, uh, the girl, actually, they, the girl, her dad was calling on the phone. So oh. while she's like getting fucking, all of a sudden her dad, I'm just like, oh. Like, he could I, sense it. His spidey sense was tingling. Oh, He's like, man. don't do it, Kara. Don't do it. 
That's got to be a dad's worst nightmare, right? Oh, yeah. I'm well, so that's, what, that's what, what I'm talking about. Like, I was knocked off line for a second. I come back and I was like, yeah, these guys, these girls are going to have this dad's calling me. I'm like, wait, what? No, no. I they, they tested me out to host Girls Gone Wild. This is like 15 years ago. And uh, uh, it, it got real ugly quick. Like, well, it was, well, and the, but weren't yeah, the dads the ones that actually wound up suing him and him losing all those lawsuits? And the one dad hired a guy to, like, to, to, to get Joe Francis and, and paid him to, to basically like. Dude, he hired like, one of the dads, him. hired a hitman to kidnap Joe Francis, and the guy made him put a dildo up his own asshole. Yeah. And say, like, I'm a fucking. Sure he did. I'm a horrible person. And then, <laughs> he, kept, and then he kept the, the tape. He tried to extort him for like millions of dollars to not release the <laughs> tape of him like shoving a dildo up his ass. So then, and then the dad got arrested for that. Obviously, you can't, that's not a way to settle things. Um, but I yeah. disagree. <laughs> I was, was going to say, I feel like that's exactly how you settle things. But I mean, when you walk on that side of the law, that's what's going to happen. But yeah. What but I mean, but that was, but yeah, it was all the dads that came after it for that. I mean, if I'm a lawyer, I just get a jury full of dads. I know, be like that. You're getting off in three seconds. Well, because he won the original lawsuit. He won the original lawsuit where they were saying he he had to pay the girls, and he argued, no, it's a documentary, so I don't. And he won that lawsuit, and that's when they really lost their minds. Well, speaking well, of going to extremes to get revenge, have you seen Terry Silver's back on Cobra Kai season four? No, that's amazing. Yes, they got a promo with him and everything. It's so great. But anyway, so. But what I was saying, Sean, was I was working at Girls Gone Wild. And they put me on the tour bus. And these two girls were in the back of the bus, like getting it on, scissoring each other. Going wild. Yeah, yeah, going wild. And the girl left her phone there, and I looked down, and the phone's ringing, and it's like her dad calling. It says dad, and I'm just like, oh, this fucking poor guy. Uh, Half the girls would say that before they were like, I just remember before I left, my mom told me, whatever you do, don't wind up on Girls Go Wild. <laughs> like they would say it all the time. Like they knew exactly what, the, what they were getting into. Yeah, so. I, actually, I actually didn't take that job, and I'm actually happy. Doug Stanhope emailed me and said, don't take the job, because he, he, he did it. And I, I, <laughs> oh. I emailed Stanhope. Dude, Doug Stanhope, we have like- we I was going to say, I thought Stanhope did it. I thought he was in one or two of them. Dude, we had the funniest relationship, me and Doug Stanhope. So when I was on Last Comic Standing, I had a joke that was like similar to his. I, I didn't know that, right? So I get an email on my, I get an email, I think it was on MySpace, and the heading is, these cunts. Right, and I'm just like uh, from Doug Stanhope. I open it. And he goes, "Look, these cunts said that you stole my joke. I looked at my joke. Uh, the joke. You obviously didn't take it. If anyone says you took my joke, direct them to me, and I'll tell them to shut the fuck up." Right? I didn't even know the guy. Like he went out of his wow. way to protect me from his friend. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. And then he goes, "And quit shadow boxing, you homo," because I was like shadow boxing. <laughs> <laughs> Now that's Doug, that sounds like Doug Stanhope. Then, like, Doug Stanhope, I may have imagined this, but I thought like, wasn't he doing a podcast interview and they said he like has anal bleeding all the time and he has like sixteen hernia sticking out in his stomach and he just won't go to the doctor? Is that him or is that somebody else? Maybe. I thought I thought I thought he has like these horrific health problems, but he won't go to the doctor. Like, that's Dude, then I, literally, then literally every night he would get drunk and email me. We became like pen pals, and he'd be uh, like, and he'd be like, fucking about Nancy Grace. And send me these long things about how much he hates Nancy Grace. <laughs> and then, like, after, like, three weeks of this, I'm like, hey, man, I'd love to open for you one time. He goes, that will never happen. That's why we would be <laughs> friends. Like, so, dude, dude, somebody told me that Stanhope used to have so many stories. Like, I would do the road one time, and this booker hit me up. This booker picked me up from the comedy club. 
And he goes, man, we had Doug Stanhope here last week. I'm fucking Doug Stanhope. I go, what's the matter? He goes, man, the guy had a bowl uh, of, uh, on, on his stool the whole time, like a bowl of water. And everyone's like, what's going to, what is he doing? Then he starts shaving his balls, right? Like, <laughs> like end up closing a set. He starts shaving his balls, right? So then like in his contract, like they said he can't shave his balls on stage because I guess half the crowd. Which is standard for most contracts, I think. I think well, it is. That's, that's usually, that's way, usually addendum number one. Dude, then like this guy who this guy who like booked him used to book Chelsea Handler, Chelsea lately. So I became friends with that guy. He told me he's like Stanhope, man. He was complaining about Stanhope. I'm like, what's the matter? He's like, I was always the biggest fan of Stanhope, you know. Uh, you know, and then I book him for the it was like the pilot for Chelsea lately, right? He goes, he shows up in like a lime green tuxedo, and yep. there's just mud everywhere, like just filthy, like just mud, and like he goes. And everyone's like, why is he, like, no reason, right? Then he's sitting there, and they're trying to talk about, like, hey, the Kardashian, blah, blah, blah. Everything he said had nothing to do with what they were talking about. He would be like, I don't find black people funny. Like, like just like, just like, <laughs> just like, for no reason, would just say things like that. And then it would just be awkward, because it was all like Chelsea. And yeah. then they had to edit him out of the whole pilot. He goes, he would just, like, say, like, nothing like, <laughs> nothing related to the conversation well there was a reason he had to he had to stop doing comedy clubs and start doing you know bars yeah, yeah because yeah. because all the clubs taught you nobody would book him anymore or they would put all these restrictions on him and then he's like i'm not doing any and the more he's one of those guys the more restrictions you put on him the worse he's gonna be yeah, you know yeah. he just he's a fucking he's a rock star he's a rock and roller i mean he's a, he's a rebel and well, so the world tell him he can't shave him. his balls. He's shaving his butthole next set. Like, what are you going to exactly, do? Like? Exactly. Like, like, fine. Not my balls. Exactly. Here comes my asshole. So, so, so you like, know, like the biggest comedy festival is called Just for Laughs, right? Like, just right. for laughs. Blah, blah, blah. So he he hated it. He he opened up a comedy festival right across the street called Just for Spite. He rented a bar <laughs> and, and had his own festival. And then his festival was like better than just for laughs. Like the, everyone came over to his festival. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, Stan Hope. I had never heard that. That's brilliant. Yeah, we had wanted to do that with the Aspen Comedy Festival. We wanted to put one on right next door to it called Aspen. <laughs> the Aspen Comedy Festival. <laughs> yeah. But then we were like, ah, but then we'll be fucking blacklisted from everything, so forget it. Dude, I remember when Kyle C's had his own comedy. Remember he had his own comedy, like charging like five thousand dollars for yeah, his yeah, his comedy school, yeah. And then Stanhope wrote a whole thing about his own comedy school, just shitting on comedy school, and then like putting on the top five worst people in the comedy and like naming them. Dude, Stanhope is like one of those dudes, like I hope he never passes away. I love Stanhope, but I feel like he's the kind of guy that <clears> if he ever passed away, there'd be a billion stories. One funny oh, yeah. fact about this. Oh dude. yeah. More, like, more outrageous and unbelievable, every single one of them. Yeah, yeah. I the mean, guy he, he lives on the edge. I mean, he plays by his own rules. I mean, he really is a, a total avant-garde artist that way. Oh, he's he's so funny. I mean, he's just like, uh, and he's a nice guy. Like if you if you meet him, I mean, he's like he's the kind of guy. Like, what comic would like go out of their way to protect you from people that say you stole? Like every other comic would be like, you just steal my joke or whatever. He's yeah, like, he's like, I watched it. You didn't take my joke. Fucking, you know, he's just a good dude. It's just like, uh, um, so yeah, so Stanhope's uh, all right in my book. Uh, I mean, more, more than that. 
So, I mean, for uh, me, I, I always admired his Gonzo style. It's always something I've kind of endeavored for. But I'm, I'm definitely more on the other side of the fence in terms of, you know, crossing boundaries and make it so you can't work in comedy clubs anymore, even though I've crossed those boundaries a lot doing it too, you know. <laughs> but, he, but the difference is I care. Anytime I lost a club, I felt bad about it. I was like, but I was just being Gonzo, whereas he never cared. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, I remember he would, he would like, get naked on stage. Someone said he, one time he, like, peed on his opener. He, like, went behind him, started peeing on him, like, during his act. Uh, <laughs> That's gonzo, baby. That is gonzo <laughs> shit right there. I've never been to a Doug Stanhope show, but I'm going as soon as I can. I'm like, as soon as it's available, I'm there. Hey, I did hear. I, uh, I remember I used to go like this. You know, um, uh, Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan, I guess we're doing stadium shows for a while together. I didn't know, yeah. like, recently or whatever. But I heard that uh, Shab on one, I was hate watching his podcast, uh, as Greg would say. And he was saying, uh, he goes, hey, I mean, I told Joe I would open for him and Chappelle anytime they want me to, you know. And it was like, he said, maybe, you know. But I was sitting there thinking, like, I mean, if you're going to have the biggest names in comedy, you got to have Shab opening for him. I mean, it's only fitting to have, you know, Dave Chappelle having uh, Brendan Shab open for him. He says, I, would, I, would, I told him I'd open for him anytime he wanted. Like, what type of, like, no, bro, anytime he says, want to open for me, you're going to do it. Like, I told him I yeah. would. Yeah, I yeah. told Chappelle if he wants to be open for him, I'm there. Like, like you had to, you doing him a favor. Who's not going to open for Chappelle? Like at, at this right. point, Chris Rock would open for Chappelle and Rogan. Right. Yeah. I don't think there's a comic out there that wouldn't open for those two. I mean, who? I wouldn't. Come on. No, I absolutely would not. You're out of your. Yes, you would. Yeah, I would. I'm just saying that in hopes that somebody tells them, and then they're like, oh, "Fuck it, yeah. they're like, not- I can't. <laughs> they're gonna prove Greg wrong. They're like, you're. <laughs> I mean, maybe like, like oh, you don't want to open for us? That's it. You're opening for us. I'll be like, okay, they got me. <laughs> I mean, maybe like Jerry Seinfeld. Maybe like Seinfeld. Like, now nah, I'm good. I already have eighty billion dollars. Well, that and his style doesn't work with that anyway. I don't think he'd want anything to do with that crowd. Yeah. Is Seinfeld as much of a prick as he seems? Because he seems like the most arrogant dickhead I've ever seen in my life when I see him in interviews. I don't know. You know what? He's not one of those guys that talks to other comics a lot. He kind of comes in, does his thing, and leaves. <laughs> so, so he is <laughs> he, No, totally. He is, he is a bit aloof. And so, I mean, there's no way to really say, oh, yeah, he's out because he's not around other comics. From what I, I've never heard anyone saying, oh, yeah, we were hanging out after a show one time. Not one time have I heard that. In 20 years of comedy and those first years in New York when he was going around and doing shows, testing out material, he never once hung out. He never sat around. He never talked to the other comics. He wasn't rude. I'm not saying he was rude. I'm just saying we never had the chance to communicate. It just never came up. So I, was I heard him talking bad about homeless people one time and how they need to get a job and if he can do it, they can do it. And I thought that's a pretty rich for a dude with $600 million with minimal talent compared to where he's at in life. Like he's the funniest guy alive, but him like, uh, I don't give homeless people any money. You know, they need to go out and make it happen for themselves. I thought, man, what a, what a entitled prick. Like if I had $800 million, I'd probably give a homeless guy a quarter every now and then, you know, like, it's just, yeah. I don't know, man. Well, I mean, when you look at, when you look at the way Sam Kinison was the comedian of the eighties and that yeah. rock and roll live thing. And if you would have told Sam before he died that, that Seinfeld was going to be the comedian of the nineties, I think he would have lost his mind. He'd be like, no fucking way. No way they're going with that milk no <laughs> But he wasn't really the comedian in the 90s. It was the TV show. It was, it was, yeah. uh, it was. But it was that Larry made him the comedian it was of the, the But 90s. it was Larry David. It was the, they, it was without that, without that the show. The show was called Seinfeld. Nobody really thought about Larry David until the 2000s. No, I'm saying, but nobody, okay. yeah, but nobody thought about him as the comic until the show, though. 
Oh, yes, they did. Yes, they did. He was a very popular comic. He'd done The Tonight Show several times. He'd been on Rodney Dangerfield's Young Comedians. He had done, he, he was a, an up-and-comer. I don't think anybody saw him becoming the comedian of the 90s, which he absolutely was. There was a, there was a funny clip, though, when uh, Seth Meyers was, like, trying to do a pre-interview with him before he came out. He's like, hey, uh-huh. so what do you want to talk about? You want to talk? And he's like, that's not my job. He's like, you asked me to do the show. <laughs> He's like, I came on your show. You've asked me six times. I'm not doing your job for you. It was like kind of funny though. Like, <laughs> I was like, all right. So Remember when he got mad at Larry King because Larry King said, now you cancel, like you canceled the show. They didn't cancel you, right? And he was so offended that Larry King would think that Seinfeld got canceled. And Larry King was like, I didn't say it did. I was just, you know, I don't really follow TV that much. I just like making sure you're giving it up, right? And, like he went on for 20 minutes about it. I did. I get canceled. What's the deal with that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you think would happen? Remember, because he started dating that girl that was like 19 uh, years old that he met at the park. Or, yeah, she was like 18. And, yeah. Was she 17? Yeah. Shauna was in high school, or whatever. Yeah. And she was gorgeous. But, like, he was, like, well into his 40s. She was, like, 17. They met at Central Park. And for some reason, like, like that was – nobody really – Said, boo, that didn't affect his career at all. Do you think he could have gotten away with that if that happened? No, today? no, social media. No way. Because there were enough voices out there. It was like, you only yeah, there was no social media yet. You only heard about it from the newspaper. Like, people, what are they going to write letters to the thing? He shouldn't be dating, blah, blah, blah. Now, everybody, it's yeah. so easy. People go, cancel Seinfeld. It would be a fucking cancel Seinfeld movement, and everybody would join it. And then it would be like, he would have to go to sex rehab or something. And, do a formal apology. <laughs> That's exactly right. I mean, it basically, it would have been the Delia situation. I've still got my fingers crossed for all that to happen, by the way. But that would, that would be it would be worse, dude. Worse than Delia because he'd have to admit it. Delia didn't even admit it. You know. Yeah, um, yeah I remember because I remember he like helped on Instagram, her. Adam. What? You see my Chris Delia post on Instagram? I tagged him in. No, no, what was it? You'll have to check it out. It's it's only going to be funny if you see it, but it wasn't. Uh, I haven't posted on Instagram forever, but I had to do that one. So. so uh, also on this card. Uh, I'm sure said, somewhere at Instagram, some filters went off the second he logged off. <laughs> yeah. They're like, he's back, guys. Let's see what he does. <laughs> Everybody watch closely. <laughs> uh, Division Figueredo versus Brandon Moreno. Good fight. The first fight was a fucking war. Uh, Brandon took it on short notice. Uh, maybe Division might have overlooked him. Um, so that's good 125. Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. Uh, Leon says he's going to destroy Nate Diaz because, you know, being tough isn't enough. Uh, Damian Maya versus Bilal Muhammad. We'll see how much Oof. Maya has left. I think Bilal's got this. I think, I think the, the, I think, uh, yeah, I think this is very bad for Damian Maya. I know he's kind of been pretty game lately in this kind of third act and whatever, and you're kind of surprised, but no, man, this is going to be bad. seems like the blueprint of how to beat him has kind of been, you know, it's kind of out there. Yeah. Uh, Paul Craig versus John Mahal Hill. Jamahal's eight and zero. Paul Craig to call him Bear Jew. He keeps, yeah, he keeps beating Dagestani guys like with a triangle. Uh, somehow, Eric Anders versus Darren Stewart. That fight was stopped too early. Remember, he hit him with that knee, the illegal knee, but he was winning. Uh, yeah. Drew Dober versus Brad Riddell. JoJo versus Lauren Murphy. Oh, I like okay. I like Lauren. I like JoJo. Hakeem Duwadu. He's a, a really good fighter uh, from Calgary. Alexis Davis versus Panny Kanzad. You know, Panny from Sweden, uh, yeah. hottie versus Alexis Davis, also a hottie. Came to my show, really underrated hottie. Uh, Frank, Frank Camacho versus Matt. You know, I'm glad they all go to your show. 
and not my show. <laughs> because, no, and I mean it because you recognize them. They, they look so different when they're dressed up oh, yeah. versus when they're in fight mode. And I only recognize them as fighters. Every time you introduce me to them and they're all dressed up, I don't rec- I'm like, who is this? Is that who? I, they look like totally different people to me. So yeah. I'm glad they don't come to my show because I wouldn't recognize them. You recognize imagine how me. imagine how Adam feels when people come clothed to his shows. He's like, wait, a minute, I don't recognize you. I can't even see. I don't recognize you. I can't see your Emmy. Uh, also, Sajara Eubanks, who's probably the best six and six fighter of all time, versus Carol. She Coates. can fight, man. That girl can fight. Uh, Chase Hooper. He's the guy that, like, Ben Askren calls his son. <laughs> yeah. That is amazing yeah. at jiu-jitsu. His striking needs some work. Uh, versus Steven Peterson. Uh, and then Jake Collier versus Carlos Felipe. That, that's a good card. 63 is a great card. It's uh, a great card. card. It's in Glendale. This Saturday. No, no, it's a week from Saturday. That's, that's okay, yeah. Card. So the one, the weird matchup. Oh, right, right, right. A week from Saturday. That's right. Yeah. So uh, what do you got coming up, Greg? Uh, June something, 25, 26, I want to say. Some of that effect, I'm going to be in El Paso. I'm going to be in Miami uh, during the weekend of the, the UFC 261. Uh, but then I will be in 25, 20, 24 through 27th, I will be in El Paso and at the, the comic strip there. And then if I could see the rest of my calendar, I would tell you, but I have a bunch of other dates coming up in July too. But luckily we'll be doing other uh, UFC, uh, other podcast between now and then. But that's the next major one. And of course, um, I w- oh, okay. I was going to do the haha this Friday and then I realized I signed up for a poker tournament. So not going to do that now, but good luck with the poker. Oh, oh, if you're in, I am doing a benefit show uh, in, uh, 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 I think I want to say West Covina. Let me look this up because this one's actually kind of important because it's for, it's a benefit for that kid. The, you know, the mom who's unfortunately her kid, like in the road rage incident, he shot and killed the kid. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing a benefit show for him uh, in West Covina. So check my IG for that one. Yeah, that kid was like four uh, years old, right? Yeah, like a four-year-old kid, road raid incident. The guy fires, shoots at the car, hits the kid, kills the kid. So we're doing a benefit show for the family, and that's in West Covina. And I'll be posting the uh, that on my IG this week. So if you can come out, um, and I, we probably also post a GoFundMe or something that you can contribute to if you can't make the show. But that's this Saturday night in West Covina. I will 1,000% donate. I saw that on the news, and I was just like, Man, I mean, you're like, the kid was in, like a, the kid was in a baby seat. He was in a car seat. Yeah. The guy just fucking road rage. Poor mom just trying to drive her kid to fucking daycare or school or whatever. And this fucking lunatic goes off and fucking fires into the cars. And then and they, and they've not been able to identify or find the guy. Which it's crazy that we have, you know, the Caltrans things, but they don't record. They only dis- they only shoot, they, you know, they, you can see the live feed, but there's no recording, which is just so stupid and something that has to be changed. I'll be uh, this uh, Friday night in Las Vegas, dirty at 1230, Saturday in Riverside, California, June 8th at Silver Lake Amphitheater. I think it's a Tuesday. Uh, I'll be in uh, our community in French Valley, June 11th, uh, Grapes and Grains in Temecula in June 18th, Happy Days in uh, San Diego, June 18th, Sacramento, June 23rd, and then uh, fight week, the Conor McGregor fight week, uh, July 5th to the 11th, at, or July 5th to the 9th at the Strat in Las Vegas. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Sean. I'll see you guys later. Oh, I will be in Tucson. I'll be in, by the way, July 9, 10. I'll be back in Tucson 
at Laughs Comedy Club in Tucson, July 9, 10. So check that out, too. I love it. Tell those guys to book me. I'm trying to get back in there. So uh, I'll talk to you soon, man. That's so weird. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's weird that they wouldn't. That's bizarre. It seems like they'd love you. Take care. Yeah, well, uh, long story. Anyway, I'll talk to you. We'll talk later. (laughs) Bye-bye.